Hello and welcome to Euractiv's Yellow Room. I am Eve Chiori and this week we are talking about the EU climate law negotiations, the progress made, but also the obstacles to reaching an agreement. We are also focusing on the official ban of a really controversial French bird hunting practice. The climate law is the centerpiece of the European Green Deal, whose main goal is to achieve net zero greenhouse emissions for EU countries as a whole, mainly by cutting emissions, investing in green technologies and protecting the natural environment. So to look into the climate law developments, I talked with Euractiv's energy and environment journalist, Kira Taylor. Hi Kira, thank you very much for joining me today. We had the fourth round of negotiations on Europe's climate law last week. Can you just explain why these ongoing talks are so crucial and how will this impact the European Green Deal and the climate targets? So the climate law is going to put the uh, EU's particularly 2030 climate target, so how many greenhouse or how much greenhouse gas emissions it wants to reduce by 2030 into law. So it will put it into legislation. Uh, that will have a huge impact across uh, the EU. It will impact the targets for energy efficiency and renewable energy capacity. And from there, that will impact across sort of what the member states implement. And it will also just make the EU more ambitious. Uh, it will set the trajectory for the EU as it aims to be uh, climate neutral by 2050. And it's also looking at setting up a scientific advisory body, so a sort of group of scientists to help uh, contribute towards laws. Um, quite a lot of member states already have this, but it would set it up at an EU level and create a greenhouse gas budget to see how many emissions the EU can put out to remain within its Paris Agreement. So just to give our listeners an overview, could you tell us what happened and if there was any progress made? And if so, in which direction? So it depends who you talk to, whether there's been progress made. Uh, the council is much more positive than the parliament. There was definitely some uh, movement in a positive direction in the last uh, round of negotiations, uh, particularly on that um, scientific advisory body. But the member states are offering sort of a network of scientists and the parliament doesn't really like that. So we're yet to see sort of how that resolves. And also on the greenhouse gas budget, but again, there are different suggestions. Parliament wants that budget to influence the 2040 climate target, and the council does not. And where are the obstacles to reaching an agreement? What are the next steps, and what can we expect to be discussed in future negotiations? So the biggest issue is still the 2030 target. Um, everyone keeps calling it the elephant in the room, which is a very overused phrase, but I think it's quite accurate here. Mm -hmm. So from what I understand, the 2030 target remains the biggest sticking point. Now, the Council's position was agreed in December last year after talks and negotiations between EU leaders. But what happens now? Um, yesterday, the Council confirmed that they will not change their minus 55% by 2030 mandate. 
Um, but Parliament is also unwilling to move. Uh, one MEP said to me that you know it's not good on a global stage for the EU to have a net target because that means that it can use uh, forests um, to and other things to sequester carbon, so to take carbon out of the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And actually, that at least 55%. That means it's more like 52%. And she's saying that doesn't look good on a global stage. Um, what we're expecting to see now is, well, from what Timmermans and the council have said, they're beginning to talk about a package. So rolling everything together and negotiating on that. Uh, Timmermans was talking in the um, Environment Council yesterday and was basically saying there are two small points to argue now. It's just going to become impossible to argue these things. So they're going to, going to roll it together and argue it as a package. Mm -hmm. And when you're referring to a package, what does that package include or what does it mean? So I think what it will be is bringing together everything as it is and negotiating on it as that. The issue for the council particularly is the minus 55% was so hard fought out. There were delays and it was a huge celebration, I think, when they actually reached that agreement. So the last thing they want is going to have to go and form a new mandate. I mean, that's going to... Uh, include more debates, more concessions, and also take more time. And the key thing with this climate law is that it needs to be done by June, uh, when the Commission is going to put out this huge um, package of climate legislation. And really, they want it done by the 22nd of April, when the US is having this uh, climate conference to celebrate Earth Day. Uh, and they, again, want to look good on a global stage by going with a solid 2030 target. And finally, Kira, uh, what are the reactions from both sides, the Parliament and the Council, on, on this issue? So it's quite fraught at the moment, I think. Um, the Council does not want to move, particularly on the 2030 target, but I think some of the concessions it's given as well to the Parliament, the Parliament hasn't really liked yet. Um, for the Parliament side, it depends who you talk to. I was um, talking to Michael Bloss uh, from the Greens, they're mostly frustrated, um, but then uh, the SND sort of lead negotiator was much more positive when I talked to her. I mean, she still said there are lots of things to do, so it depends on the parliament um, who you talk to. But one thing Michael Bloss was saying, and um, he's criticizing the commission for not being an honest broker, and we saw sort of <laughs> Franz Timmermans and Michael Bloss have a bit of a um, standoff, I guess, during an environment uh, committee meeting where he is accusing the Commission of not backing the Parliament's side enough, it's not uh, working well enough as an honest broker. Uh, and Franz Timmermans uh, just said something along the lines of, uh, I'm not ignoring you, I just think you're wrong. Um, so that's, I think, in one or in two sentences, that sums up the feeling around the climate law at the moment. That particular quote gives us a good understanding on where we're standing right now. Well, thank you very much, Kira, for being with us today. Please do not forget to check out the very first Environment and Energy newsletter that is coming out on Wednesday. With it, you'll get a full breakdown on what is happening with all the environmental and energy topics within the EU. You're listening to your Actives Yellow Room. And if you want to expand your knowledge on other EU policy fields, you can listen to our Digital Brief podcast and our Agri-Food Brief podcast. You can find them on your favorite podcast app. <music>
And moving to another environmental topic, I have with me today Anne Damiani from Iraq de France to break down the components of the ban of a really controversial French bird hunting practice. So Anne, what is that we are talking about exactly? And could you give our listeners an overview on this traditional bird hunting practice? Bird lime consists in trapping birds alive, like thrush, and the aim is to bait other birds of the same species to hunt them afterwards. So the hunters will keep the thrushes alive in cages and use them during the hunt. Um, and they do that thanks to glue sticks they put in the forest to catch them. However, LPO, uh, the League for the Protection of Birds, an association which has been condemning the practice, claims that the hunters don't respect the law and also the products that they're using to free the birds end up harming the birds instead. And this is practiced only in five departments in France, in the southeast of France. And why was it banned from the court and why now in terms of timing? I mean, this practice has been taking place for years, so why now? Yes, it's actually a very old um, practice. It exists since um, the Romans, but it's been uh, really practiced for a few centuries now. Um, and it has been um, banned by uh, the uh, Court of Justice of the EU because it's not selective enough. It endangers uh, other protected species uh, that are not meant to be hunted, such as passerines, uh, robins, for example, for those who know birds a bit. France is the country of the only country in the EU that is really in favor of hunters. We have the biggest number of authorized uh, species that can be hunted, birds and other type of um, animals. So um, it's also really political because they represent a big voice in, in votes. So that's why it was difficult for um, the government to actually take measures against hunters. And what was the reaction from the hunter sides, but also from the associations uh, side that was really uh, trying uh, for years to, to get this uh, practice banned? So hunters were really disappointed. Uh, they expected a more favorable decision for them because uh, the conclusion of the Advocate General was um, more in their favor than what the court decided in the end. I had Thierry Cost on the phone, uh, who is a political advisor of the Federation of uh, Hunters in France. And uh, he said, I quote, this decision is astounding given the infinitesimal consequences on other birds. On, an, on the other hand, of course, the association, the LPO, was relieved and happy of this decision. This is a great victory. Fortunately, we have the EU to call France to order. A quote from Yves Verillac, who is a director of uh, the LPO. Um, but for him, the fight is not over yet. So now that the court has banned this practice, what is the alternative uh, solution suggested? Since the court's decision can't be contested, hunters have to look for alternative techniques to catch these birds. So they are considering thrush farming. Uh, they have to explore this uh, option. They are also uh, able to use a special whistle that we call a decoy that imitates the, the bird song of thrushes. But of course, they already use this technique and it works less than using a real bird. 
but it's still um, an option for them. Thank you, Anne, for being with us today and for giving us some insights into what is happening with these topics. And that's all for this week. I am Evie Kiori and this was Euractiv's Yellow Room. We will be back on your feed next week. Until then, visit Euractiv.com for the latest news. And don't forget to listen to this podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>